Ezekiel chapter 47, and we'll bring uh, what we feel like the Lord has impressed upon our heart. I, I was praying last night, and I said, Lord, I, you know, and I know you preachers know what I'm talking about. You may study, and you may have different messages that you have, uh, the Lord has let you develop, and then sometimes uh, God will just, He just won't for whatever reason, He just wants this particular passage uh, to be preached, and so I just uh, scribbled a few things down this morning during Sunday school and uh, said, well, God, if that's what you want me to do, then I want to be obedient to you. Ezekiel 47 and verse number 1. The Bible says, Afterwards he brought me again unto the door of the house, and behold, waters issued from under the threshold of the house eastward. For the forefront of the house stood toward the east, and the waters came down from under from the right side of the house at the south side of the altar. Then brought he me out of the way of the gate northward, and led me about the way without uh, unto the utter gate by the way that looketh eastward, and behold, there ran out waters on the right side. Verse number 3, Ezekiel 47. And when the man that had the line in his hand went forth eastward, he measured a thousand cubits, and he brought me through the waters. The waters were to the ankles. Again he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters. The waters were to the knees. Again he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters were to the loins. Afterward he measured a thousand and it was a river that I could not pass over for the waters were risen, waters to swim in, a river that could not be passed over. And he said unto me, Son of man, hast thou seen this? Then he brought me and caused me to return to the brink of the river. Now when I had returned, behold, at the bank of the river were very many trees on the one side and on the other side. Then said he unto me, These waters issued out toward the east country and go down into the desert and go into the sea, which being brought forth into the sea, the waters shall be healed. And it shall come to pass that everything that liveth, which moveth whithersoever the rivers shall come, shall live. And there shall be a very great multitude of fish, because these waters shall come thither. For they shall be healed, and everything shall live whither the river cometh. Let's bow for prayer, then you can be seated. Our precious Father, we bow in your presence once again this morning. Lord, we want to thank you for the presence of God in this place. Thank you, dear Lord, for the testimonies and the obedience of your servants this morning. I pray now, God, that you'll give us liberty for these next few moments to say only the things you would have us to say. Lord, help us this morning not to say anything that would grieve the Holy Spirit. But, oh God, may we be sensitive and obedient to you. I pray, God, that you would be glorified. I pray your Son to be magnified and the church to be edified. Dear God, we pray and we ask that we would see no man save Jesus only. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. I want to preach on this subject this morning on going deeper with God. Going deeper with God. When you think about Psalm or Ezekiel chapter 47 this morning, that this is a uh, this is a, a message that Ezekiel has written that God has allowed him to see uh, concerning the millennial time. And when you think about uh, what Ezekiel is talking about here, he is talking about the millennial. Now there is a prophetic uh, 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 interpretation of this text and that is that one day uh, when Jesus comes again, thank God he's going to come and he's going to set up his kingdom and he is going to rule this earth for a thousand years uh, uh, from Jerusalem on the throne 
throne of David. And the Bible says that the government shall be upon his shoulders and of his kingdom there shall be no end. And boy, I'm looking forward to that day uh, when Jesus comes again in Revelation. Amen. I'm looking forward to the rapture and the rapture could take place at any moment. Uh, but you know that the rapture will begin the tribulation period and the revelation will end the tribulation period. Amen. And in that second advent when Jesus comes back to this world and Revelation 19 becomes a reality and the Bible says that the flesh of kings and captains and mighty men are all consumed by the fowls of this air and this world. Thank God Jesus in Matthew chapter 25 will judge the nations. He will judge the Jews and he will give out executive order to the church. And my friend, we will enter in that holy city and we will worship my friend, the King of kings and Lord of lords. But in the midst of all of that, Ezekiel 47 will be a reality because the Bible says that when the King of glory sets his feet upon the Mount of Olives, Zechariah said there's going to be an earthquake that's going to split that mountain from the east to the west. And a river's going to run down through that mountain. It's also going to proceed out of this temple, thank God. And it's going to run down through the streets of Jerusalem. And my friend, from the very temple of God, just like that heavenly city, the throne of God that is in heaven, there's going to be this holy river that's going to run down through the desert and into the Mediterranean and the Dead Sea. Amen. And what a day that's going to be. Amen. For everything that this river touches, the Bible says is going to come alive. In Isaiah chapter number 35, the Bible says there's going to be streams in the desert. Amen. And there's going to be a highway of holiness. And he will. The Bible says he owns the cattle on a thousand hillsides. Now I know we use that and thank God it's all right to say that he owns the cattle on a thousand hill because he does. But in context of that scripture, it's talking about this great day because all that Palestinian land that was nothing but barren desert for all of these thousands of years, one day when this river flows out of the temple and runs down through that desert, my friend, the word of God says the desert's gonna bloom like a rose in every sand hill and every sand dune and every rocky place. Thank God there'll be grass growing on it and there'll be cattle on top of those hills and the king of glory will literally own the cattle on a thousand hillsides. Hallelujah. And he'll be large and in charge, won't he? And this, or this, uh, uh, this text talks about uh, uh, the millennial. It talks about the man that has uh, uh, this line in his hand. Notice the Bible says, and when the man that had the line in his hand went forth. Now, I want to tell you who that uh, man is this morning. Amen. It's none other than Jesus Christ. Amen. He is the man with the line that's in his hand. He's the only one worthy to measure. Uh, my friend, he's the only one uh, worthy to sit up upon that throne and this man is Jesus amen and I want to stop and say thank God for the man amen I know that he is the God man but I'm glad that God condescended his son did and became man so that the son of man could become we could cause us through his salvation and redemption work we could become the sons of God this morning amen and so there's this millennial there's this man but notice this measurement the Bible said that he took Ezekiel out into the banks of this river 
and he began to measure the waters. And in verse number three, he measured a thousand cubits and he brought me through the waters and the Bible said the waters were to the ankles. And again, he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters and the Bible said the waters were to the knees. Again, he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters were to the loins. Afterward, he measured a thousand and the Bible said it was a river that I could not pass over for the waters were risen. They were waters to swim in a river that could not be passed over. I'm preaching this morning on this subject on going deeper with God. He's taken Ezekiel deeper into those waters. Now, we know that this is prophetic, but thank God it's also practical. Amen? I'm glad the Bible can interpret the future but can still apply to the present. This book is more current than any newspaper that's going to roll off the press today. Amen? I'm telling you, listen, it's not only past, present, but it's future. And the Bible uh, can help our lives, uh, uh, not for just things to come, but it can help us today. And while there is this uh, prophetic interpretation, the personal application to this text uh, is that every one of us, just like Ezekiel, as believers, uh, we ought to be willing uh, to get down into the river with the Lord Jesus Christ uh, and go deeper with God this morning. I'm talking about going deeper with God. I'm talking about this morning having a relationship that goes beyond the walls of the church. And as he takes him down to the bank of this river, he's not satisfied at Ezekiel standing on the bank. Now, I'm not being critical, but I don't really like to sing that song, and I don't sing that song. I wouldn't make an issue if I was in another church uh, uh, because I'm sure some people just don't know, uh, but I've never really cared for that song that said, standing on Jordan's stormy banks and casting a wishful eye. I'm bound for the promised land. I am bound for heaven, friend, uh, but as a child of God, uh, Canaan land, the promised land is not heaven. Somebody say amen. There was sin, there was giants, and there was battles and none of that's going to be in heaven. Amen. But what Canaan land is, it is the, the victorious Christian life. Now if you want to stand on the banks of the Jordan and cast a wishful eye, help yourself. Amen. But what I want to do is cross the Jordan River, go to Gilgal, get the reproach of Egypt taken away and live in Canaan right now and thank God you can do that. Hallelujah right now this morning. Amen. So we're not standing on Jordan's stormy banks casting a wishful eye. Now, some of y'all done got mad because I messed your song up. There's 500 more. Pick another one. Amen. Isn't that right? I'm telling you, friend, uh, uh, the victorious Christian living does not begin over there. You can have it over here. Amen. And the reason I'm preaching this this morning is because if our church is going to survive in 2018, uh, it's going to have to be a spiritual church. Amen. It cannot be a great church. It cannot be a good church. It needs to be a spiritual church. In order for that to happen, we need more spiritual saints. Amen. You see, today we have enough lazy church members. Amen. We have enough dead church members. That's evident, isn't it? But thank God we need some spiritual folks today. We need some people that will be willing to go deeper with God. 
some people that will go beyond just the exterior and the mechanics of worship, but it needs to be a reality every day of our life. Amen. And so he's taking Ezekiel deeper in this text. And as he takes in, the Bible says here that he measured a thousand cubits and he brought him through the waters. Notice this, their waters were to the ankles. Amen. This here, my friend, has to do with the very word itself. He gets his ankle, his feet wet in the very, very beginning of what God is about to take him into and it has to do with the word of God. You see, if you're going to grow, if you're going to be the Christian God wants you to be, you're going to have to get in this book. Amen? Uh, You're going to have to step out into the water of the word of God and you're going to have to grow and mature in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not enough to know the lingo. It's not enough to be faithful to church. Uh, It's not enough just to pay tithes. Uh, You've got to have a personal relationship. Uh, You've got to rid yourself and I have to rid myself of the carnality and the flesh that is in our life and we have to bathe ourselves in the word of God. Amen. Just like every morning when you get up and you've heard me say it before and you take a shower and you use soap and you bathe yourself, you know, standing under a water spigot will not cleanse you. Is that right? Friend, you can stand there all day long but you're going to have to lather up. Somebody say Amen. You're going to have to put something on that will cut the dirt and the grind that's, that gets on you in this world. And it's the same way going to church and standing around it is not enough. Amen. You can stand in it all day long, but you're going to have to get in the Bible and you're going to have to lather up in the Word of God. There's a lot of problems that can be fixed in our homes, in our churches, in our hearts, in our minds. If we'll just get in the pages of the Word of God. Can I be honest with you? I have seen very little counseling if any at all help people. Now, I know that just hit a stump, but you know what you do when you hit a stump, Brother Terry? You just back up. You're a dirt man, and you just you just give it another good run, and you just, bam, hit it a little bit harder, don't you? Isn't that right? That's what you do. And can I tell you this morning, uh, uh, sometimes you hit a stump preaching like I'm hitting right now. But I'm going to tell you something. You can see all the counselors you want to. You can go to your blue in the face. Uh, I'm going to tell you what works, friend. I've seen people leave and go to a counselor and at least say, well, preacher, I got a little bit of help. Maybe you did, but you are the exception, not the rule. Because I'm going to tell you why. This book goes above any counsel you can ever get anywhere else. And the counsel that you're going to receive most is the counsel that you get on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. I know there's situations that has to be dealt with, but I'm going to tell you 95% of the problems, if people would listen to the preaching, they could be fixed. The problem is people don't listen to preaching like they used to. They look at their watch, they look at their phone, they daydream, they wonder when they're going to get out of church, what they're going to go do after church. Their mind is on everything else but the Bible. And I'm here to tell you this morning, if you're going to go deeper with God, the Bible is the answer this morning. I'm telling you the Word of God is what builds strength in our life. And we're to memorize it. We're to study it. We're to share it with others. We're to practice it in our life. If we'll just do, we're to hide it in our heart. If we'll just do those simple things that the Bible says, and if we'll get in the, if we'll just step out into the water, of the word of God. Listen, you can be a stronger and better Christian. We're living in those times. Talking about going deeper. I told my wife the other day, just probably been three weeks ago. I said, I've come to the place as a pastor where I realize you can either be popular or you can be respected. Amen. 
Now buckle up and harness down because it's going to probably get a little bit tighter these next few moments. Amen. But we are living in a day when people, they don't, and I'm not, I'm not throwing the whole, I'm not throwing the whole crowd in, but I'm telling you, and preacher, you're here this morning. I don't know how it is in Virginia. I can tell you how it is in Georgia. People are not as spiritual. They don't get in that book. And so listen, you've got things that we're dealing with now that even five years ago you never had to deal with. I'm not talking about out of the world. I'm talking about out of people that go to your church on a regular basis. Amen. I told my wife, I said, hey, just buckle down, harness up, and get ready, and just listen. Just go full steam ahead and they'll either get in, get out, or get run over. Somebody say amen. Isn't that right? Amen this morning. I'm talking about, friend, if a pastor and his wife isn't careful, they'll go crazy. Even in the good churches. You just have to be what you are and let the chips fall where they are and people's either going to like it or not like it. But there's a crowd. I'm not chasing after them. Somebody say amen. I'm not holding their hand. I'll help anybody, brother. Listen, I'll help anybody. But I'm not going to hold their hand and listen, just, just pat them on the head just to keep them as a church member. Now, I don't have nothing in my crawl. I'm just preaching. I'm just telling you how it is because, uh, uh, listen, before the problem ever arises, amen? You see, what we've been doing, we've been doing it 20 years that I've been here and plus, amen? And so we're not changing because it's been working. Somebody say amen. Uh, this is just the way it is. You know what I love about this church? Uh, uh, listen, there's no problems. There's no drama. There's no trouble. And if you're that type of person, you either have to get in line with us or you're just not going to make it. Somebody say amen. I wish you could make it. I want you to make it. But this is just the way it's going to be. Amen. There's only two ways around here. Let me tell you what they are. There's our way and then there's our way. Amen. Now you pick A or B, whichever one you want. Whichever side, but there's just two ways, our way and our way. Somebody say amen. You say, Brother Grandma, why are you preaching that? Because that's where we're at today, friend. Brother, I'm telling you, I see pastors every week, and their wives are stressed to the gills over my age group, way more than any of the teenagers in the church. I ain't preaching to y'all right now. And I'll tell you, you know what? I've come to the conclusion. You better put some armor on, friend. Amen. I lived in a day when men of God were feared, respected, and people loved them. But it's different today. People follow personalities, charisma. Brother, there's not as much ethics going on as there used to be. Spiritual people have ethics. Amen. Spiritual people. I taught my kids growing up. I said, don't you follow the latest and the greatest of whatever everybody's doing. Amen. Now, I may be off the, the text this morning for just a moment, but I'm right on the coon trail of what God wants me to say. I told them growing up, I said, don't follow fads. I said, when people, and I need to preach that to adults, don't follow fads, amen? Just because everybody's doing this, you don't have to go do it, amen? I hear people do things and they'll act like it's the greatest thing in the world and if you don't go that route, something's wrong with you, amen? Well, just leave me be, amen? Because after a while, guess what fads do? They fade out, amen? And what was so wonderful and so great is all of a sudden it's gone, amen? I, but they, I used to tell my kids growing up, I said, don't listen to that. Y'all still with me this morning? I said, that ain't the way I was raised and that ain't the way you're gonna be raised and it's gonna be okay. Guess what? It was okay, Amen? Talking about individuality this morning. You said, what's that got to do with spirituality? You'll never be the spiritual person you're supposed to be 
until you learn to walk with God on an individual basis. You can't. You are to follow the people God puts in your life. You're to love them. You're to respect them. And you're to pray for them. But you can't follow the the latest crowd, the latest thing going on. I see so much of that. Even men of God today are changing their beliefs and changing what they're doing because this church down the road is doing this and, and they're seeing results and so maybe we need to do that. No, we just need to do what God tells us to do. Every preacher that's went out of this church, I told Brother Jaron uh, just yesterday, I saw him in a meeting and he came and I was talking with him. He said, you got any advice? I said, I'll give you this advice. I said, listen, you just pray. You walk with God. I said, if you need me, you call me. I'll give you any help and advice that I can give you but after I give you that advice, you go pray and you talk to God about the advice that I give you and then you listen for whatever God tells you to do and you do what God tells you to do. Is that right, amen? You cannot just follow what other people do. I'm talking about going deeper with God. Listen, you got to follow the word of God, amen? That's where we're at today. I'm talking about, I see here, he led him in and he talks about the, the depth of the word. And then notice in verse number four, again, he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters. The waters, notice this word, to the knees. That speaks of worship this morning. And I believe this morning uh, that if we're going to go deeper with God, uh, we're to go in the word. But secondly, we're to go into worship. Amen. That worship speaks of humility. When we pray, we get on our knees. Amen. It speaks of a lowly place. Uh, It speaks of a place where that we get down to our level and we look up to God. Amen. Knees is a picture of that weakness. Amen. And boy, I'm telling you, in worship, uh, there is great strength because it reveals who God is uh, and it reveals who we are. That's why we need to worship because worship reveals the weakness of man and the greatness of God when she sung that song this morning how great thou art and the choir began to sing oh it was a reminder of how great our God really is he is a wonderful God he is a big God he holds the water in the very palms of his hand all the waters of this world is in the palms of his hand the Bible said the earth is his footstool he meted out the heavens with just a span. He calls every one of the stars by names. He knows and he sits high in the heavens. He's the lofty one of Israel that sits high upon a throne. And my friend, he holds this world in his hand. He is a great God this morning. Amen. And I want to say that worship is a part of going deeper with God. If we're going to go deeper with God, we have to not let anything hinder our worship. Oftentimes in church, we allow people to hinder our worship. Somebody doesn't like somebody, and if they start shouting, they can't shout with them. Amen. Now I'm just going to preach. Amen. Y'all ain't going to say amen. I'm going to preach till 1230, okay? Let's just do that. That'll work, won't it? Amen. A lot of times... If the pastor has a preacher in, I don't know this has happened, but I'm going to go ahead, it's happened somewheres. Maybe if so-and-so preacher comes in, maybe it's Brother Brown. And somebody here this morning don't like Brother Brown. I couldn't imagine anybody not liking Brother Brown, could you? He's so wonderful. Miss Georgia, you couldn't imagine that, could you? And uh, you know what? They might be somebody here say, well, I just don't care for his preaching. I don't care for, maybe it's somebody else. Well, I just don't like that. I don't like the way that preacher looks. I've heard things like that before, not here. 
Probably been said here though, hadn't it? Just not to me. I don't like that preacher's voice. Well, God gave him that voice. I don't like his style. Well, this ain't about style. I'm going to tell you what matters to me is if a man's preaching that book. There are some people, that preachers, that we may be more drawn to than others, but I tell you, I thank God for every preacher that preaches the Word of God without, without fear and favor. I'm telling you, we got to get past all that stuff. If you and I was in a third world country today where we very seldom ever saw a gospel track, ever saw a missionary, we would just thank God for anybody that would come and stand and hold the Bible and preach the truth to us. Amen. But in this country that we live in, we have been so pampered and we have been so spoiled on preaching that a lot of times people will come and they will not even worship because maybe they don't like somebody or maybe they don't like some preacher or maybe they there's something that's hindering them. Can I tell you something? The greatest thing that you and I can do today is do what Brother George said. Lay everything else aside and set our eyes on him who needs to be worshipped, who's worthy to be worshipped, and count it a privilege and an honor to just raise our hand and say, thank you, God, for being good to me. Amen. They ought not never be a dead service. Amen. They ought not ever be a quiet service. We ought to always say amen to the preaching. We ought to always back the truth. Well, my friend, God has allowed us to hear it and we ought to support it. Hallelujah. Most churches you go in today are like funeral parlors. You preach and you may get two people saying amen. Young boys, y'all to everyone start saying amen. Give me a good amen in this corner. You ladies, give me a good amen on the second row. Oh, y'all do better than that. I hear y'all screaming. I know how everyone of y'all talk. Say amen real good and loud. There you go. Hallelujah. Don't that fire you up this morning? We want to be a little more vocal in church. Amen. And not just, and I love it in the singing. You know what I'm saying? And you know that. And I love it in the testifying. But it ought to be be through everything. Even in the preaching. I mean, preaching's what helps you. Preaching's what saves people. Preaching's what builds a good home. I mean, to sit there quiet on Sunday morning and let the preacher preach by himself or to be an indictment against any church. Amen. Brother, when we get to hear the truth, we ought to support it and we ought to back it up. Hallelujah. You say, well, Brother Gravely, I'm just not in a good mood. If you'll start saying amen, you'll get in a better mood. And if not, go ahead and hypocrite it. It ain't the first time you've been a hypocrite. Amen. You've already got hypocrisy to get over or ask forgiveness for anyway. You might as well say amen to the truth. Isn't that right? Do you realize God can take this Bible from us today? God can take this church away from us. He don't owe us anything. And he sure don't need us this morning. He don't need this place. He don't need me. I tell you, we need him this morning. I'm going to tell you, I need a place to go to church, don't you? I need a place where I can hear the Bible preached. I need a place to take my family in this sin-cursed world, I'm telling you, when after all God has done for me in my life, when you think about where God has brought you to, when you think about all God has brought you through, when you think about what we deserve and where we ought to be at, 
and how that God doesn't owe us anything and he ought to never bless any of us again. If blessings were based on merits, wouldn't none of us get a blessing this morning? I'm telling you to think that God sits high in the heavens amidst the angels and amidst the patriarchs of that book, but yet he looks down on us and he longs to hear us praise him. He longs to hear us magnify him. Oh, that ought to be enough this morning to bless us from the top of our head to the sole of our feet. We ought to never get over praising the Lord. Amen. I'm telling you this morning, if my worst enemy was in this church, and they're not, but if my worst enemy, I don't even know if I got an enemy outside the devil, but if they was here this morning and they was telling the truth, I would have to say, Amen. Is that right this morning? I'm going to tell you, say, preacher, why would you do that? I'm going to tell you why. I don't want nothing getting in front of my worshiper. I tell you, if me and Brother Laddie and Brother David, Brother Charles, there ain't nothing between any of us this morning. I love these men, and I love Brother Barnes, but I love these deacons right here. And Brother Daniel and Brother Black. All the deacons, Brother Paul. But I tell you, if I had, if I just had a thought between us this morning, I'd want to get it right. And I wouldn't even wait. I mean this all my heart. I wouldn't wait for you to come to me. And I wouldn't even care whose fault it was. I'll go ahead and take the blame. You say, why would you do that? Because I want this to be clear. I want to keep it clear, don't you? And I need God, don't you? And we need God together, don't we? And I'll tell you, some things are worth just turning loose a voice. I mean, go deeper with God. Get, don't, don't just be satisfied at sitting here. You get full of God. Get filled with the Holy Spirit this morning. Get stuff out of your life. Surrender. Get rid of things that, that hinder your life and turn them loose and throw them in a trash can and set them on fire if you have to. Go burn something. Amen. Get permission from your parents, but go set something on fire. Amen. It'll just make you feel better to get rid of some stuff in your life. Amen. I'm talking about go deeper with God in worship. Hallelujah. Don't be afraid to raise your hand in church. Don't be afraid to say amen to the preaching. Uh, don't be afraid to, uh, to lift your voice uh, whenever the choir is singing. Uh, always go to the choir. Everybody in this church that's saved and lives right and loves Jesus, uh, if you can walk up them steps, uh, pack that choir out every Sunday and sing to your dead level best. Uh, and you don't sing for me. And you don't sing for Brother David. And you don't sing for the musicians. Uh, but we sing because we're happy. We sing because we're free. Uh, we sing because we're blood bought. We sing because he's worthy. He's worthy to be praised. I'm saying go deeper. Get out in the water of old time. Holy Ghost worship and get full of God. Hallelujah. Makes a difference, don't it? Yes, sir. It makes a difference. I'd rather go to church and worship any day than sit there and look at each other. Amen. I don't know what happened. It got real good and then it got real dead this morning. I thought, man, Lord, help us. Amen. Why is it that way? Why are we that way? Sometimes you just got to step out. Am I telling the truth? You don't always testify because you just, and I'm glad you do when God puts one on you. Sometimes you testify because you say, hey, I want to help the atmosphere. Am I telling the truth? And thank God for that. It's to the knees. It was to the loins 
That speaks of work. That strength is in the loins. I don't talk about it. We ought to go deeper in our worship, deeper in the word. We ought to go deeper in the work. Wouldn't give a nickel for a shout that wouldn't tell somebody about Jesus. Wouldn't give a dime for a shout that didn't go beyond the walls of this church. Brother, we enter to worship, but when we leave, it's to serve him. Souls are going to hell this morning. People are dying. There's a lot to do, isn't there? Preachers, go preach. Find you a jail. Find you a nursing home. Amen. Can't pastor this church, so go pastor some jailbirds. Somebody say amen. Can I get a witness right there? That's right. We ain't got none of them doing it. Amen. But I have had some in the past. That's right. Y'all tighten her down one more time here. We'll get through this. I have said to a few, this town ain't big enough for the both of us. I love you. You can stay. But you ain't the pastor. And you ain't the pastor's wife. Amen. I'll work with anybody. But I'm going to tell you, I've never seen a day. Preachers go through three stages. They go through the stage when they get called to preach where they're scared absolutely out of their mind and they need their pastor. Then they start growing and they start learning and God starts blessing them, Brother Chris. Boy, I'm so glad to see that. But then if they're not careful, Brother Radry, they know more than you know. Amen. Or they're more spiritual than you are. They got this thing figured out. Amen. Or, or they, 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 they're more straighter than you are. I looked at one of them one day. I said, hey, hold on a minute, hoss. Amen. I said, when you was singing contemporary music and didn't know what a King James Bible even was, we were doing what we're doing. Yes, sir. So don't tell me how to do this. Amen. Now, I couldn't write a book on it. But I tell you, some of these little punk preachers, they need their hide busted. Amen. That's right. Am I telling the truth? They need to learn how to fear the man of God. Amen. I, I tell you, I scared to death of Brother Sammy Allen. Still am. <laughs> he comes to Jubilee. If he does something I don't agree with, you're not going to hear me say nothing. I'm going to tread very lightly. Amen. Somebody come to me after Jubilee and said, why, did you, why didn't you tell him to stop that? I said, you go try and tell him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Am I telling him? I've known him for years. You don't tell him no. I'm just telling you. Try that. Try telling Brother Allen, don't do this. I was sitting on platform the other day, and I needed to leave. And uh, I knew I was going to be up there a whole, you know, till midnight. And uh, I said, Brother Sammy, i got to go. I said, listen. I said, I will give you a love offering for the camp. If you'll let me slip on out, I said, I, I have to go. He said, uh, all right, that'll be just fine. He said, but now, don't leave till the offering's over with. <laughs> have you ever been to an offering at Faith Baptist Camp? <laughs> I mean, he got money out of me, and I still couldn't go. <laughs> I fear those men of God. Brother Edgar Thomas said, stand up and preach. Preach the hide off of us. And I walked in fear of those men. Not because I, they were anything great, but they were great. They were God's men. And I knew they prayed for me 
I knew if I got out of the way, they could pray against me. Boy, that made me nervous. I'm talking about the work of God, going deeper in that work, and then I'm going to close with this. How about going deeper in that wonder? The Bible says he got to the point that there was waters to swim in. He got so big, it just overtook him. He got so big, he couldn't reach bottom. You know if you'll get in that word and let that word get in you, and then if you'll go to church and you'll just worship God and let God just bless your worship, you know, and everybody don't have to act like me. I'm not saying that, but just be involved. Just worship. Maybe you cry. Maybe you shout. Maybe you run an aisle. I don't know, but just you just worship God from your heart and let God be real to you. And you get involved in what's going on in the church and the work of God. Find something to do. It don't have to be a title or a trophy, but just, just do something that, that counts for the glory of God. You know what you'll find out? You'll find the wonder of going deeper with God. I've passed through here before, and I've heard people cleaning toilets, singing. I'm not exaggerating. I've heard them singing. And I wouldn't go into the bathroom and bother them, because, and I'm being serious, because I knew God was a blessing them. I've passed through here and I've seen people running a vacuum cleaner. Didn't think there's nobody in the building. And there's a singing and a worshiping God. I said, hallelujah. That's the wonder of serving God. I mean, just vacuuming the carpet. You never know what God may do for you. Just worshiping Him. Going deeper. Isn't this a great thing to be a part of? Are you glad you're a part of the church? I'm going to tell you something. I love this church. Do you love this church? I love Faith Baptist Church, amen. amen? And I know you love faith more than you love Bible because God put your heart there. But I'm going to tell you, don't you love your church? Amen. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what happens. Nobody, this church isn't perfect. But it's the best church I know of. That's the way everybody ought to feel about the church. It's the best church I know of. This is the best people. I know you may not think that sometimes. But I'll tell you, this is how I feel. The best people I know, me and my wife said it many times, is the members of Bible Baptist Church. And I don't mean just a few of you. I'm telling you, I love this place. I love these people. I love every. I'd rather be right here, Brother Brown. Money couldn't pay me to go somewhere else, and money couldn't pay you to leave Stanton, Virginia. You know why? Because God, I believe God, if a man ever gets in the will of God, I believe God will marry his heart to that church. I believe there's a godly jealousy for a pastor. That's why I don't touch other preachers' church members. I'm telling you, if I need to contact somebody that goes to faith, I'm going to call Brother Brown. That's how I do it. Amen. Because that's just the way, that's ethics. That's the way we're supposed to operate. Can I get a witness on that? I don't, a man come up this week and he said, uh, you got any preachers in your church that can come preach? He's a good man, a good friend of mine. I said, yes. I said, I'd be glad to give you their names and numbers. I said, I'll give them all of them. I said, I'd like to see all of them go pre- come preach for you. He said, that'll be good. He said, here's what I want to do. Now, you preachers hear me well on this. He said, I want to get about four of them on a Sunday night to come preach for them. I said, you can't have all four of them. <laughs> I just went ahead and interrupted his plans right there. I said, you can't have them all four. I said, I'll let you have one at a time. Amen. You can have them all four weeks in a row. But I said, you ain't pulling four families out of our church. Come on now. I'm only going to preach 30 more minutes. Y'all, get, y'all feel better. 
I said, you ain't getting all four of them on a Sunday night. You crazy? I said, I can't even get all four of them here on Sunday night. <laughs> he said, you got any real young preachers? I gave them all y'all's name, the number two. However many, I've been trying to call you to preach for six months. This boy is not a preacher. Somebody remind me of that. I've asked him three times if he wanted to preach, and he said, I'm not a preacher. That don't mean you called neither. I said, I get, he said, well, maybe they can all, I said, no, they can't ride up together neither. I said, you can have them one at a time. You say, why is that? Because when you pray for people, and I'm, not, I'm not acting like my prayer life's everything, but I'll tell you one thing. I pray for you. And more than anything in this world, you know what I want to see? I want to see every person in this church this morning more than anything. I, I, I'm not trying to be your best friend. I want to be, but I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to be popular. But if I can finish pastoring this church one day and there be a strong spiritual congregation that loves Jesus, that keeps their eyes on Jesus, that knows their Bible and knows what they believe and why they believe it and has not compromised in this world. I believe I can say I finished what God wants me to do. And sometimes being a pastor, Brother Brown, you can't be the most popular guy in the church. You just got to do what God tells you to do. And there is no problem this morning. I want you to understand. I'm just preaching. But this is the kind of preaching we need. Sometimes as a pastor, you got to deal with stuff and you know you're going to make people mad. And you don't want to. You'd rather just take a whipping as do it. But you got to do what God tells you to do. Is that right? And we're not in that place today. But it's just good for me and you both to be reminded of these things. You know, you don't wait till your car starts knocking to go change the oil, do you? No. This just prevented maintenance this morning. I tell you, this is my desire. I want to see everybody go deeper with God. Let's stand. I know I've preached long, but we're closing this day, this year out. Closing this year out. This is my heart's desire. I want to be closer to God, don't you? I want more of God in my life, and I pray that I can get more of me out of me. Amen. I want to know that book more. I want to have a, want to have a deeper prayer life. Amen. Don't you want to do that? I want to tell more people about Jesus. I don't want to let anybody else slip through my fingers. Be more conscious of souls. Amen. I want to love God more, worship Him more. I'm just telling you, I'm not telling you I am all them things, but I want to be. That's what I want to be. I want to go as deep into those waters as you let me go. I want it to get over my head. Hallelujah. How about you this morning? Brother David's going to sing. Whatever you need to do, you just obey God. If He speaks to you, you come.